Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the British show on Earth that is Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be discussing the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week, Possessor, from 2020, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Yes, that's right. That's the son of David Cronenberg, famous Canadian body of horror director. But as always, I'm joined by the man with the film pick tonight, the bold and the beautiful, the Ghoul Geek Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is reality? It is a strange thing. It is weird to be possessed, as always. And we're also joined by the mad monkey, the Prince of Moore's Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Yes, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. This is the mad monkey broadcast you live from the drunken monkey rehabilitation clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So make sure you listen live, listen on Spotify, listen on iTunes. We don't care. Just make sure you fucking listen. Hi, dude. <laughs> Hi, monkey. <laughs> that was switch. <laughs> we are waiting for the now I'm to join us. Over yet? No, it's not. We're just starting. We're not going into <laughs> everybody. So like, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to talk about disaster. Wow, we covered a lot of things tonight. And see you guys back <laughs> next week. No, no, this is just starting out. Uh, we are waiting for the dean, of course, who's uh, fashionably late as always. But uh, you know, briefly to continue our talk uh, before the top of the hour, Austin Powers. I don't care for it. I think it's just that's the first one's okay. It's just astonishingly insulting to, you know, British people, I think. So I just never really got into it. I just never found the humor in it. But, uh, Ghoul, you were bringing up a point uh, about seeing the first one, but the sequels kind of fell by the wayside for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, again, like, you know, I, I, listen, obviously when, when those movies came out, this first one particularly, they were hysterical, you know, and – I'm one where, with Mike Myers in particular, I could either take him or I could leave him. Um, the Austin Powers character, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the spoof on the big British secret agent thing, the whole 007 thing. I thought that was all a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed some of the things in the first film. Um, what I've just never understood is, like, there is really a staunch, staunch following for not just like people that enjoy the sequels, but there are a lot of people who feel like the sequels were actually more superior than the original film. And more specifically, there's a lot of people that feel that way about Goldmember, the third movie in the franchise. Jeez. Now, out of this, I would you know, I would rank the first movie, the third movie, then the spy who shagged me. I found that the spy who shagged me was just such a so repetitious of the first film with just, I mean, you know, obviously, look, they added Mini-Me, very funny, but so many of the jokes from the first film got replayed in that second movie, whereas I do feel like the third film kind of at least had its own storyline going for it. 
Um, but again, I kind of have the second and third movies, you know, comparative to one another as far as overall quality. But I would go first, third, second. But there are people who think the third one is better than than all of them. Yeah, man. It's like again, <laughs> growing up in a British family, it's like I enjoyed all of the humor that was in there, picking on the and stuff like that. Uh, again, thank you to, to my father's genes for my teeth and not my mother's. Um, <laughs> but you know, I got all of those jokes. I, have, have, I found them funny as hell, uh, just because again, it's just having fun with the British people in general and stereotypes. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I just enjoyed it. And also, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely grew up watching James Bond movies all the time. And this movie was just a fun, fun um, love letter to James Bond movies. It really was. You know, n- nothing was foul. No, you know, no, nothing was intended to be mean or anything like that. It was a straight-up love letter while having fun with it. Because when you watch yeah. it and, and go back at it, you cannot – not laugh at some of the scenes that are in some of those movies. I'm one of them. I can. There's two. Yes. But you also grew up not liking Disney films and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you kind of came out of the womb in the whole Benjamin Button sort of way, you know? You you were like born <laughs> old. And curmudgeon. Yeah, I, I came out listening to the Smiths and going, this world sucks. Put me back in. <laughs> that was that whole thing. That was my yeah. Like the, Don't know where I can what was his name? The, the mole in uh, the South Park movie, you know? Where my mother stabbed me in the eye with the hanger when I was still in that womb? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> that was his We are finally joined by the team. Hey. Welcome to the oh, Demonic Dean. Thank you. What was it that you were talking about? Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, right. Uh, wow. Uh, so Dean's favorite okay. film. No, it's not my favorite <laughs> film. I find that, you know, those I feel like, and I say this uh, with the fact that I don't even know the last time that I saw, like, one minute of one of those films, but those are some that I think of that are comedically speaking, what a massive time capsule of the time and place that they came out. Um, mm. I feel like, I feel like if it was like announced today that there was going to be another one, like a, like Michael Myers is returning and he's going to, he's going to do a fourth Austin Powers. I feel like uh, that would be like a giant misstep. Hey, I feel like that's going to be in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel Michael Myers, my bad. David David Gordon Green and Danny <laughs> to create the fourth Austin Powers, um, but I feel like like I don't necessarily and I, and I could be wrong because it's never even come up with my students, but I feel like that that's one from like our generation that isn't carrying on to the next generations. Like I don't think kids today are watching Austin no. Powers, you know. Like it's just like from our generation, and it's going to stay there and, and not kind of be passed down necessarily (laughs) you know what the 10 year old in the house here really enjoys it she watched it because of her dad um, and because of that she really enjoyed it and then also when she was over at uh, at my mother's house the one time um, 
my mother's guy, uh, Dan, he had uh, had been a big fan of it, and specifically, he was one of those that really thought the third movie, Goldmember, was the best of the bunch. So he, you know, constantly put that on, and like you know, just just like us with a lot of films, like he was the person that'll sit there and go through every single line of the movie while watching it, pretty much negating the reason for watching the movie. <laughs> I'm that way with Empire Strikes Back when I get drunk. <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> no kidding. Mm. That was not me. Like anything. I fucking constantly put that when I'm drunk. Just because I like doing drunk Loomis impressionies. Shannon Michael. But yeah, so uh, while we have everybody here, want to go visit some trailers that just released that I think are something fun to talk about. Most importantly, Godzilla versus Kong, the big one, the battle of the kaiju titans. Um, I was talking about this with the ghoul before we jumped on air, and I wanted to further expand upon it. But, man, I fucking I couldn't get any more erect watching that fucking trailer. I was like, Jesus. I was like, this is doing something to me, making me feel so fucking good. <laughs> watching Kong punch Godzilla right in the fucking jaw. And I was like, I love it. Want more of it. I am so hard right now. Thank you, Kong. Take that fucking axe that you made out of one of his fucking things and beat him with it. I was just, I was so happy. I was, I can't wait for fucking Godzilla versus Kong. I want to see Godzilla oh. get his fucking lizard kick, yeah. and I want to see Kong be the king that he is because you can't fucking stop the Kong. Um, yeah, because anyway, he needs a fu- he needs a fucking battle axe because his pussy ass can't take on Godzilla by himself. He's got to sit there and have oh, a fucking battle axe, have the special power shit, and then have the special power of a little girl where he can go boop. Yeah, <laughs> he can't, so that's he can't, can't, that's like fucking Tyson with that fucking right hook at Kong where he took it like a bitch. Hell yeah, he didn't <laughs> saw because and Wingard for putting that in the daytime so we can see what's going on. But anyway, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about Godzilla vs. Kong? First impression. Oh, listen, you know, I was... uh, So here's the thing. You know, as we've discussed these films multiple times, you know, throughout throughout the course of our our show, and, you know, we we all have various levels of love for for Kaiju. Uh, I would say out of all of us, you know, the monkey probably has the, the biggest and deepest appreciation of it all. And I would say... I no, you're up there fall, too, Ghoul. Well, I was going to say, I probably <laughs> fall just below you after that. Um, and then, you know, I would say King, and then it's Dean who has absolutely no interest in any of it at all. Um, <laughs> true. So uh, I do not not have no interest. I Because I haven't seen all of the classic... Godzilla movies doesn't mean I have no interest. I've seen some. Uh, I've seen uh, the original King Kong. I've seen the Jeff Bridges King Kong. I saw the Matthew Broderick King Kong. I haven't got around to the Peter Jackson ones, but don't say that I have no interest. That is that is okay. Well, the ma- so so you, you, you mean Matthew okay. Broderick Godzilla? When you find the when you find the Matthew Broderick King Kong movie, send it my way. Really, I'd love to see that one, man. So anyway, like I said, I stand. Exactly where I stood before in our <laughs> levels, I think, of appreciation of the world of kaiju. Um, I'm trying the bottom run. I'm just arguing that you're saying that I have zero interest. Zero interest okay. is not true. I probably okay. have less interest 
rest of you, but I'm certainly going to, I've been looking forward to the Godzilla versus King Kong, especially since it's going to be on HBO Max. So I, I'm going to watch it. Like, I'm not like, oh, I don't care about this. I don't have a zero percentage, man. Come on. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, so I, mean, apologize. I, 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 I apologize. I fucking love the Jeff So anyway, so, so now that we know that the Dean has a very slight interest in it, I still stand exactly one percent. One percent. He's a one percenter. Look at that, yeah. Dean. You finally hit it. One percent. <laughs> so, anyway, the question was, you know, my thoughts on this trailer. So, you know, I knew from like the little gift that got released a little while, you know, however many weeks ago, whatever. You see Kong and Godzilla, and you know, there's like a quick little thing, like they're gonna hit each other, like we get to see teasers before, like a big fight, or like the end of Rocky Three, when you know Apollo and Rocky are about to go at it, and it fucking freeze frames right on that punch, man, and it's like, man, I want to see that damn rematch. Um. <laughs> so again, I had very tempered expectations for this, though because of the, the, the previous movies and the varying right. degrees of quality that I've had with them. So as this trailer is unfolding and I'm seeing new faces, new people, you know, my immediate, like, feeling, like, my, 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 my energy level just starts to drop real quick because it's like, fuck, you're telling me they haven't brought anybody back from the other films. They're going to do almost what they do with the Toho Godzilla movies, which is pretty much give you a new cast every time because it's oh. just cheaper and easier that way. I know there are recurring characters, don't get me wrong, okay. but I also know that there are plenty of times in which you don't get recurring characters or they, they decide to change interests and all that stuff. But, um, but then, then the monsters came on the screen. And seriously, <laughs> my face went from like, from like I said, I was like bottoming out. And then I just got this big smile on my face. And that smile just continued mm-hmm. as the trailer showed me more and more. And I saw Godzilla do this. And I saw King Kong do that. And I saw the size of Kong and the size of Godzilla. And then I started seeing cast members from King of Monsters and from Godzilla and from this and from that. And I'm just like, Yeah. I'm fucking balls. Like, put it this way. Even the ghoul girl looked at me at this point while watching this trailer on the television and said, that's going to be the first movie we go back to the movies to go see. That's going to be our first date out from the pandemic. We're going to actually go to the movies for that. Because rather than watching here, even though our TV is big and it's free, that's a movie that you go see on a gigantic screen in a theater in all of its glory. So, yes, I am Got fucking to. thrilled, man. Um, no, you're not uh, a con so, guy. Um, <laughs> okay, but King you, uh, and Dean, you guys got to check it out. Uh, what did you guys think of it, man? I mean, I, I thought it was I, – I did not feel my, my – I didn't feel a rise in, in my loins the way the, the way the ghoul is describing, but I certainly – uh, you I know, did not have the rise in loins. That was the king. The king got hard. <laughs> I just got. I just I got, got excited. Energy. I got energy from it. The king. Yeah. Got so turgid. I didn't. I didn't. He got erect. But I certainly. I certainly uh, was into it and found it exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to watch it on HBO Max. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to talk about because I could not. 
I did not see it when I watched the trailer, but I saw an article that showed like a like a screen cap capture uh, from the trailer uh, where potentially Mecha Godzilla Mecha Godzilla is there. Um, I, I don't know. I hope so. That's I, my motherfucker, I, I, man. That is my motherfucker. <laughs> picture and send it to you guys. But supposedly somewhere in the trailer, uh, there's a briefest glimpse of a possible Mecha Godzilla. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'll send the fixed picture, and you guys can decide for yourselves. But I thought that would be pretty fucking cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, it would. Uh, I saw. I saw. I saw the trailer, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll be excited to talk about it when when we get to see it. I'm hoping if they're going Mecha Godzilla with it, I'm hoping it's Mecha Godzilla via Pacific Rim style mech going on here, not the old style like toy that you buy that you put the C batteries in and it only runs for about two hours. It only has like a range of motion of arms up and down pumping like it's running somewhere. Uh, again, we'll see, man. Uh, you know, but King, w- what did you think of it, man? Because we just kind of all jumbled in all over the place, man. Y- y- other than being extremely erect. <laughs> oh, it's your turn. He said. He said it first, man. He was already excited. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Uh, yeah, it's your turn now. Oh, okay. My yeah. <laughs> Me, it's just I'm taking it with a grain of salt, j- just like I did um, King of Monsters. Um, but it's funny that you sit there and say, you know, I, I'm the big G fan and shit like that because literally last weekend I watched <laughs> a couple of the Millennium Era movies and finished it up with uh, uh, Godzilla Final Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Which is good. I, I, listen, I, I enjoy those movies, you know, but those are also movies that I enjoy <laughs> knowing full well what I'm getting when yeah. I go to see them. Yeah. I it's thought just Shin Godzilla was great. Yeah, it's oh yeah, that one was really good. That but that one was for the Godzilla fans, you know. You, the worm, the worm, <laughs> the worm version of them was a little silly, honestly, man. When that whole thing started, <laughs> oh yeah, and that's what I was seeing. I'm like, holy shit, man! Like this is really where it's at, huh? Like here we are in the year 20, 2016. <laughs> did that come out? And I'm like, that's the best they're fucking doing for this. Like thankfully, thankfully that movie ratchets up once he becomes Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that that movie is a slow, slow burn. But this, but this one, uh, yeah, it's just I fucking got pissed off as shit when I saw King Kong in the trailer with his fucking battle axe, you know, and you know, lightning and the, the, the fire against it and it's glowing and shit like that. And I was like, oh, you bitch ass motherfucker, you need a weapon to take on my man. <laughs> it's like you, you need something ape. to help you. Apes can see the monkey. He's a monkey. Okay. They can think. They devise. <laughs> they can use tools. You've seen, uh, yeah. What do you call it, man? Fucking, you know, we, we see it in the in the, the movie the with eight. the fucking sh- <laughs> no swing boy, not swing boys. The other ones, man. Uh, fucking Project dude, that. where's my car? <laughs> oh, dude, where's my car? Remember we watching the, the video and the monkey is using the stick <laughs> to poke the bugs out of the tree. <laughs> Now, what I do know is that, like, and again, the king brought up the point of the movie's lit, which is nice. And I don't mean, like, like what the kids say is lit these days, like, oh, shit, (laughs) that's lit. No, I mean as in, like, you can actually see what's going on. Now, I'm happy about that because that is actually something that we got with Kong, Skull Island, as well. It was, you know, a lot of scenes in the daylight showing us, you know, the full breadth of this creature and everything about it. So, 
I am uh, I am happy with that as well because I don't want to watch a movie in darkness. Yeah, and, no. and I'm just hoping you know it seems like they listened, apologized with King of Mon- Monsters, and now they're going here, bringing it full circle, bringing it all together, and we're just gonna have to see what happens, man. Yeah, you know, he, is bigger. He, is, he is bigger than he was in Skull Island. What they're saying is, yep. uh, I mean, you know, from the, the little bits and pieces that I read, what they're saying is he was basically still a juvenile in 74, mm-hmm. and he was gigantic yep. then. And here we are yeah. now in the time frame of this movie. So this is why he is now the size that he is, which is the same yeah, as that, Godzilla. Yeah, that one I took as an easy pass just because of when the first movie happened. You know, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, this is several decades later, so, you know, <laughs> so that that's an easy, easy pass in case anyone's well, whining thing too, and bitching though, about that shit out there. Well, that's funny though because you know when Skull Island came out, one of the first things they said right off the bat was that this is this is Kong bigger than we've ever seen him before. That Kong in that movie was larger than any other Kong we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Normally he was just a really big gorilla. This time he's literally fucking you know pinching. Helicopters with his fingers. Yeah, yeah. and especially with, especially when you compare it to the you know the original, and it's just how tiny King Kong is compared to the planes that are out there and stuff like that. And you know, but again, that's the world of kaiju, man. Just keep making them bigger and bigger, and have more fun with it, man. Fuck it. <laughs> I would love for them yeah. to introduce and- this. Tie it together with Pacific Rim. Let's let's have a big mashup. Let's get some. Uh, Let's get some of those fuckers in there too, man. And I don't mean any of the shit that they did with that second Pacific Rim movie because that shit was terrible. Oh man, I liked that movie, man. I I enjoyed that movie better than the first one. <laughs> oh come on, man! That thing was on par. That second movie was on par with like the Transformers films. At least the first it, one, it was, had like originality it, and heart to it. This one was che- the second one was cheesy like Starship Troopers, which is why I just gave it a pass. And I was just like, "Yep, not even apologizing. This is where we're going. All that balls of the wall action movie." And I think that's what it needed because I didn't think the first one had enough of the actual action. Oh man, see again. I, I thought the the little rolling around thing and the little robots with the and the, and the little girl thing. Yeah, I'm good. Like I said, I enjoyed. The first movie, I felt that, you know, there was definitely things that they could have improved upon, which unfortunately, you know, as as you hear me, I did not feel like they did with the second film. But right. That, I agree to disagree with you, man. See how we do that? <laughs> cool, man. That's how it works. We shake hands <laughs> yeah, and we walk but, away. But <laughs> <laughs> we cordially agree to disagree, <laughs> as you was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we, we are with that. But, uh, switching gears a little bit uh, to the next show I wanted to talk about, which is one I posted on the Facebook page, something that I've been fucking waiting for for a long time. That's Kevin Lewis's Willie's Wonderland, which comes out on February 12th on demand, starring just the most amazing rage cage that you could possibly ask for. Uh, I know, Ghoul, you said you watched it. Monkey and Dean, did you watch Willie's Wonderland trailer? Three times. I have not had a chance <laughs> to see it yet. <laughs> okay. Then I will not do a discussion about that because I don't want to ruin it for the dean who has not watched it yet. But so when you do, we will have a full discussion on Roy's Wonderland, which you really should watch because yeah, it's Rage Cage at his best. And I have to watch yeah. it like four times. And those of you listening at home, if if you, if you 
not had a chance to seriously check out the trailer. <laughs> Just check it out. <laughs> it's everything you that. want in it. <laughs> it's everything you want in a modern age Nicholson movie, where he's just rage cage all over the place, and there's just animatronic monsters. So we'll talk about it once the Dean watches it, and then we'll have a discussion. So uh, with that being said, Dean, uh, if you want to get into horror news for tonight, uh, you have the floor. Well, <clears throat> since there has been just so much discussion about King Kong uh, versus Godzilla, I just figured I would let everybody know that where... Uh, everyone has been looking forward to seeing this film, uh, either theatrically or on HBO Max, on March 26th. Uh, they have announced that it has been pushed back, uh, but just a few days to March 31st. So uh, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong, uh, March 31st now, not March 26th. So just a five-day difference. Oh, thanks. Uh, but, you know, if uh, if you were, like, having your calendars circled uh, and you didn't see the news, I would hate for anyone to be disappointed to, to go to their preferred viewing location on the 26th and, and try to tune in and be disappointed. So I'm just trying to do the right thing and be helpful to our loyal audience and fellow hosts. Thanks, <laughs> and on that note... Now, uh, now I have to fix other... my calendar. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some some other noticeable pushbacks. Uh, Quiet Place Two has been pushed back uh, yet again. Uh, now moving Quietly. to September. It was originally supposed to come out <laughs> April. Well, not not originally, but last year. But then it was moved to this year, April twenty third, and now it has been pushed to September seventeenth. So, uh, Quiet Place Two, uh, which I feel like Quiet Place feels like it came out a decade ago, uh, with the way the world is now. But um, yeah. But uh, but there you have it. And also, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, which was supposed to come out in July of 2020, uh, was pushed to March 5th of this year, and then it was pushed to June 11th of this year, and now has been pushed all the way ahead to November 11th of this year. So Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, now now <laughs> slotted in at November 11th. Well, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel that. Uh, when you say what the fuck, I do feel what's happening is that now that vaccines are starting to be rolled out and the projections by that time, uh, you know, and, and the medical professionals are starting to say by the fall, uh, life can start getting back to normal. I think that maybe uh, the studios are like, all right, let's just push it on till maybe we can truly get a theatrical audience happening. And if things can get back to normal by then, uh, then maybe it's all systems go. So I, I feel like you know, uh, that's a. I suppose it's a decent strategy. Man, Finn Wolfhard could be like 25 by the time this thing's actually released. <laughs> well, actually, though, it's funny you bring up Finn Wolfhard <laughs> because you know I saw whatever there was like a recent shot they showed of him driving the uh, the Ecto <laughs> One, and it really made me wonder what they are going to do with Stranger Things because. He looks like he has aged dramatically. Like, he looks like he's gotten up there. Like, they really have to, whatever they're going to well, do, it better be, better be good. On, on that note, uh, Stranger Things 4 uh, is in the filming process. They've been filming uh, season four. Uh, production is, boys is full steam ahead and underway. School. Uh, you know, it is happening. Uh, I did have a note about Stranger Things 4 uh, tonight, 
And one, the part of that note is that season four uh, production is underway. Uh, cast is on location, has been on location, uh, you know, and, and filming has been going on for, uh, you know, a few weeks now. And in a sleep, we're Dustin, not a rider finally, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Gaten Matazaro, who plays, who plays Dustin, uh, you know, has assured us that uh, season four thus far has been the most fun to film because he says that season four is really focusing on the horror and it's the going to be the scariest season yet. So, uh, you know, there you have it from uh, popular cast member Dustin himself. And uh, the production is underway. Still, of course, no word on when we might get the opportunity to see things for. What's that? Yeah, now he's only 23. It's okay. Yes. So, um, you know, I don't know if uh, we're going to be waiting around till the summertime of 2022. Uh, you know, there's just been no word on when that might actually uh, see the light of day. But production is taking place. Well, again, now, I mean, like you I said, said, the problem is, is oh. that these boys are 18 now. You know what I mean? They're I know. 18. Yeah. They're hitting 19 years old. I mean, they can't be playing sixth and seventh graders anymore. So, and I know they were <laughs> supposed to fast forward, but I mean, are they literally going to go to senior year of high school? You know, are we going to see their first year in college? Like, where are we? Go- where are we going with the series? I feel like you know, obviously, listen, it was already a series that you know, we know has however amount of time in between seasons because they're going to put out what they're going to put out, however they're going to put it out. But I feel with the delay of the pandemic, this only adds to, to problems that we had already spoken about on the show in the past with them waiting as long as they do at times. And well, you were on also top able of that, to see, you were they, also able to oh, see at the end of sorry. season three that, uh, you know, they did some, some really good work with camera angles because by the end of season three, uh, there was so much noticeable growth um, mm-hmm. in the characters. And like, we were just talking about the King Kong trailer. Like I didn't realize till I did some reading afterwards. I didn't even recognize that that's Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby uh, Brown. in the King yeah. Kong versus Godzilla. Well, so also, like, we're talking, we're not talking about Godzilla kids King anymore. So. She was right. Godzilla well, I didn't King see that because I obviously have zero interest. See, if you had interest, you would have seen it. And it's on HBO Max, so you have no excuses. Well, my excuse is that I have zero interest, apparently. Oh, well, then okay. you yelling at me about it. Boy. <laughs> but with the Stranger Things thing, weren't they planning on doing at, at, uh, at least five seasons of this show? Six was originally what the, uh, what the teacher had said to me. I forget the actor's name. But he's also in uh, the Godzilla movies as well. Well, shit, everybody's in this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) I had happened to notice him in the trailer. I was like, oh, crap, that's right, he's in it, too. And he's actually with Billy Bobby Brown in the scene, so. (laughs) All right, Dean, what else you got, man? Uh, I thought that <laughs> I thought that the first one was going to be it, that it was going to be a one-off, and then it turned into uh, a second annual. And once again, AMC has announced that they are teaming up with Eli Roth uh, to bring you a third season of the History of Horror uh, that is going to debut on AMC uh, later this year. And you know, just like season one and two, I'm going to say obviously it's going to be sometime in October. 
as the article just said, late later 2021. But if you have been a fan of Eli Roth's history of horror, uh, season one and season two, have no fear because there is going to be a season three. Sir. All right. So there you have it. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Uh, the um, the uh, this Friday as HBO uh, Max and their uh, theatrical movie plan uh, has continued in the you know with the first being of being uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, there's a there's like a serial killer movie coming out on Friday starring uh, Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, and uh, Rami Malek. Uh, it's called The Little Things, and uh, that is going to debut on HBO Max on Friday. Uh, continuing with their plan for uh, all of the theatrical movies to be released on HBO Max as well. So just sharing that in focus, apparently there is a serial killer movie. I don't know if anybody has heard yeah. about that. Um, they, they haven't stopped talking about that one on entertainment tonight. They, they like have a new article about it every fucking day of the week. <laughs> you watch entertainment tonight. Yeah. Do, 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 I didn't know that show was still on. No, seriously. I didn't even know that show was still on. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny though because when they bring up shit, like they bring up stuff every once in a while, like that crosses over into the horror genre. I'm like, man, we covered that like fucking two months ago. Like when they started talking about Halloween Kills, I was like, man, we covered everything they're saying and way more. <laughs> like six months before this shit even popped. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, they just, they don't care about the horror genre. They want to hear about Britney Spears. They're ripping out her hair and shit. They don't want to hear about, like, well, liars. Well, they, <laughs> well, they were talking about the, the serial killer movie. <laughs> well, I think, what, I think it also has a lot to do with what I was saying. She's the best, Britney Spears. Um, I'm, I'm listening to my Britney Spears album. Sorry, South Park reference, man, Shelley. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, I think one of, the, one of the big things you have with this in particular, though, is it's, it's high profile. You got a lot of high profile actors in it between Denzel Washington yeah. and Rami Malek. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, and I know there's a lot of interest in this one, you know, so it's and serial killers, like, as, as always, they, they, they ebb and flow as far as popularity goes. But, you know, I know, like, we just watched uh, this week, we watched that Richard Ramirez uh, doc that came on uh, Netflix. And, uh, you know, it was, it was all right. I guess, I don't know. We weren't, we weren't completely thrilled with it, I'll be honest. But, you know, I think that was mostly because I, I realized why, you know, when, like, when we got, Further into it, let's try to minimize info. Let's minimize info because I'm about I'm probably going to put on the first episode tonight. So uh, there's no you know, info to be much. told. It's a documentary. You know who Richard Ramirez is, correct? So I'm not going to get any info. I'm just saying it's it's the police officer's tale. That's all it is. That's that's the info I'm giving, which is what made us be less interested in it because you don't get that much Richard Ramirez. It's, well, it's, so yeah, there. I mean that's what I like about it. As they do the scumbag, but you know that's what I like about it. Oh, I, anyway, yeah, I don't want to ruin it. I agree completely. Yeah. He he just tried to be too fucking cool. That was my problem, Richard Ramirez. Like after he got caught and he did his whole thing on trial, he just tried to be too fucking cool. He's like, oh yeah, I bowed down to Satan and I am evil and evil is what I do. I was like, dude, you're fucking such a nerd. <laughs> you're a fucking nerd. You're not cool. You're not profound. You have nothing new to say. You know, take your Satan bullshit and shove it up your ass. You know, nope, I, 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 just always, <laughs> I was like, he's a fucking brutal killer, 
And then when he gets caught, he wants to be fucking cool and shit like that with his busted out teeth. You know, going, I only live for my master Satan. Like, yeah, shut up. Nobody wants to hear your fucking goth stories. They just want to see you fucking fry. Not <laughs> a chance because he died of natural causes in 2013. Well, I also think, I mean, at that point, too, I think out. he was, you know, he was obviously sucking in from the whole, uh, oh, Manson thing. You know, trying to trying to jump on that whole bandwagon and everything, and seem like that that was his whole swing. Um, you know, I do believe that. You know, again, like I said, I think that obviously, listen, the guy was a piece of shit, um, mm-hmm. especially because of, uh, of certain things that he did to, to a certain demographic. Um, but that, you know, that being said, you know, I think that he was mentally ill, and there was a lot to be said to what he's one of those that was a created killer you know that that's the thing he was somebody that well, he wasn't born that way he was created um but whatever again that's uh that, that's stuff that's not in the i'm not ruining anything for you dean that's not in the doc that's, thank you that's thank lightly, you that's lightly spoken about you're welcome I'm i appreciate your in information that they thank don't you. give you thank you you're welcome thank you you're welcome thank you i just want to say thank you what can i say except you're welcome I just love seeing the old footage from the 80s. You know, just seeing the cars and the fashions and shit like that. Okay, that's, come that's, on. Dude. Okay, Dean, but Dean did specifically request no spoilers. So let's, let's move on so we not ruin the Dean's viewing. How is, how is video footage from the. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't, because he has seen it. Period. More spoilers if he, we speak about the AHS 1984 season. Yeah, no. oh, did you know the AIDS happened? That's a spoiler if you never saw Night Stalker. <laughs> did you know they had cars in the 80s, Monkey? Oh shit! That's a spoiler. You don't want to ruin the season. He's not going to know that they had big hair, is he? I didn't grow up in Jersey. Spoilers. Whoops. Sorry. Yeah, they have archive footage. A big spoiler. I just think we're making the monkey uncomfortable. That's all. You know. You know him with these things. You scare him. So that's why he's only talking about it. Guys, gonna get nightmares. He's gonna come sleep with me. I know. I'm just trying to be. Res- I'm just trying to be respectful to the dean because dean just said, "Hey, can we keep it spoiler free here?" And. Just keep talking, talking. talking. Yeah. <laughs> we kept this for that was before we you. Get it. You never know. The- <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up <laughs> you bring up nightmares, man. You know, I had one of those weird nights last night sleeping. Like first, you know, I, I ended up waking up at two o'clock in the morning with like a dry cough. You know, we had left the window open, and we kind of had like a like a light snow in this area. So I guess they might've salted a bit or whatever it is. But yeah, after that, like I ended up falling asleep again, but it was one of those sleeps where obviously I wasn't in a deep sleep or else I wouldn't be one remembering the dream, but they also say you don't really sleep, you know, you don't dream in the deep uh, sleep state, but whatever was occurring, like my neighbor, it turned out was like, I don't know. A cop was in the house. And he was grilling us about, you know, our neighbor who was named William, who we don't have a neighbor named William as far as we know. And no relation. At some point, <laughs> at so, no, not, not monkey, uh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point, the cop was getting real smarmy and real shitty with me. So, like, I looked at the cop and I was like, you know, don't 
talk to me like but what happened was is as I was saying that to the cop I opened my eyes in real life and was saying it to Bonnie at the same time who was awake and she was like what are you fucking talking about and she even said the look on my face because literally I went from in the dream state of seeing the cop and it was like a blink occurred and when I opened my eyes and I saw her instead but I'm still in the middle of the sentence I was like confused as to who the fuck was in front of me at the very moment like what the fuck why am I where am I right now Fucking weird this is what ones, happens man. when you keep, keep keep trying to juggle prison riot books with Star Wars books. It's fucking with your brain, man. <laughs> You're not far off, man. It's definitely a possibility. <laughs> All right. So what else you got on the docket, Dean? So the. <clears throat> Uh, Fox, Fox Network is <laughs> going to uh, revive. Oh yeah, uh, they're going to revive <laughs> uh, one of their uh, longest tenured programs that has uh, been off the air for a little while. Uh, America's Most Wanted is going to be making a return to the small screen. Wow! Uh, this time around, uh, very. Uh, acclaimed journalist Elizabeth Vargas is going to be taking over uh, the host duties from John Walsh. Uh, John Walsh is not uh, going to be involved due to his current schedule, uh, but he gives his full blessing and he could appear here and there based on his current commitments. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think he has a very lucrative career as like a public speaker. Like he gets hired by like corporations and shit to go give speeches. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not positive about that, but like that like public speaking circuit, like people make bank doing that yeah. stuff. So oh, I'm shit. pretty sure okay. that that's what that that's what fills his time. But of course, I'm not an expert in his career. Uh, I think I just remembered hearing something about that at some point in time. But he uh, actually, uh, America's he also, most. But no, he also had a sh- he also had a show on CNN. And he also has uh, he has a show on uh, ID Channel now as well. So he's got other well, other television. He's a guy. Oh, so right, he's there you have it. Damn. He's John <laughs> fucking Walsh, man. Right. Listen, the guy has total <laughs> ability, okay? That is Adam's dad, okay? And I think anybody that grew up yes. in the 80s knows who fucking Adam Shit. Walsh is, you know? Because yes, our parents of course you know. Yeah, man. I know. Not to fucking, I know. Not to walk away from them in the mall because you could get kids out and murder. <laughs> Code Adam. Not just, not just, uh, not just murdered, fucking decapitated. Yeah, he was slaughtered by, out of school. Oh shit! Really? I thought he was just murdered. murdered. This, is, this is why oh, no. our parents were were the way they were. <laughs> I don't know. My parents just let me go. They didn't care. Yeah, my parents are like, fuck it. <laughs> go where we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he was, he was, he, <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, his, his, um, it was his head that was found, um, oh, shit. when, when he disappeared, his severed oh, yeah. head was found in a, in a drainage ditch, um, in Florida, uh, two weeks after, uh, going missing body was never found. Um, no, not to my knowledge, no. And yeah. Then, like, yeah. The rest of the bottle, I just pull up the information because they have that one photograph 
uh, of him in his little league uniform. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that photo for the first, very first time when I was a very, very little kid. And it, for some reason, it was just like burned into my fucking brain. Uh, like I'm looking at this picture right now for the first time in a long, long, long time. And I'm like, oh, my God, this fucking photograph. Like, I totally know this photograph. So, um, you know, his death was sometime in 1981. Um, but, you know, this was a, a, a story and like kind of like a like a, a cautionary tale story that was prevalent all throughout the 1980s. Um, one of the things uh, that oh, one yeah. like I pretty sure there was an unsolved mysteries episode surrounding it. And of course, uh, yep. you know, John Walsh's uh, activism uh, l- surrounding his son's death led to the creation of the show unsolved mysteries. So, I mean, uh, America's most wanted, I apologize. So, uh, you know, America's most wanted was on the air for a very, very, very long time um, in its first go round. And that was one of like, I would watch I would watch unsolved mysteries. I would watch America's most wanted. And, um, you know, I would be, you know, just like the the revival of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, which I was not a huge fan of, uh, but I did check it out. I will be looking forward to checking out an updated version of America's Most Wanted. Now, in this day and age, though, do you think the show is going to actually be able to carry? I mean, because information moves so fast that by the time they probably record the episodes or something like that, I'm thinking it's probably already taken care of. Well, maybe so, maybe not. And uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I would, I would imagine this is like is going to be a a weekly show. But uh, with the speed of which information moves now, I would imagine that uh, in this day and age, that the ability of the general public, if they tune in, uh, to to help, which they helped hundreds of times with the original show. would be able to help uh, with as far as the cases uh, that are going to be presented for this new uh, revival. All right, cool. All right, man. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll of course. uh, We'll certainly we'll see what happens. uh, Of course, but the yeah the original go round had like almost like something like almost twelve hundred episodes when it went off the air in two thousand twelve. So, you know, I don't know when the new episode the new episodes are going to air, but but it is coming back. So, okay, uh, cool. moving, moving, moving on. Uh, well, we talked about Stranger Things four. Um, we have talked about oh, so uh, Richard Kelly, who was uh, the mastermind behind the original uh, Donnie Darko film, which uh, I've seen about a half to three quarters of it. Uh, Ghoul, I don't know if you remember, but one day, like it, it was an afternoon, like we got baked one afternoon and put that on, and I think we both just kind of passed out during it. And I never, mm-hmm. uh, never saw the, I never saw the rest of it. I never went back to it. Um, <laughs> but apparently, it's, you know, apparently it's like a, like a mind trip of a film. And uh, you know, a few years ago there was a, a an S Darko, uh, a sequel that uh, Richard Kelly was not involved in. But Richard Kelly recently revealed uh, that he is working himself on the third film in the Donnie Darko series, and he says that a lot of work has already been done. Uh, he has not said anything about filming or a release date, uh, but Richard Kelly is entering or re-entering the Darko world uh, to, to craft a third film in the Donnie Darko series. And another piece of interest, interesting news involving uh, Richard Kelly is that he is teaming up with the daughter of the legend, Rod Serling, uh, to create a biopic based on R- Rod Serling, who we know as a 
giant uh, in the world of sci-fi television, of course, is the creator and writer of many episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, but one, some things I did not particularly know was that uh, he was also a very active uh, political activist in the world of television, that he was a, uh, you know, a fierce, uh, a fierce uh, competitor and voice in uh, securing uh, labor protection for people working on TV shows, and also was a giant voice in battling against TV censorship. So uh, Robert, uh, sorry, Richard Kelly and the daughter of Rod Serling are working on a Rod Serling biopic. Thought that was a pretty cool piece of information. Yeah, man, that would be an interesting watch. Yes. Now, uh, continuing down the path of today's news, uh, I, you know, I have a <laughs> Disney Plus account, but I don't know how all Disney Plus no, accounts. I don't use it. Uh, no, I, I certainly <laughs> do. I watched like all, almost all of I watched all of those uh, Marvel movies on my Disney Plus account. Um, oh, okay. And I also watched, I also watched, uh, I also watched uh, the the Rookie with Dennis Quaid again. Uh, which I'd seen long ago on Disney Plus, where he plays an old man who, a true story, becomes a, a relief pitcher in, in Major League Baseball. So I have used Disney Plus. Thank you very much. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, hey, apparently Daddy. Disney Plus, Disney Plus is going to uh, block certain films uh, for children that have, for children seven and under that have their own Disney Plus profile to be blocking. Uh, Peter Pan, Dumbo, The Aristocats, and Swiss Family Robinson uh, from any account profile that has been created for anyone seven and under. I don't know how that works as far as uh, viewer profiles, but uh, basically, apparently those films are filled with like negative stereotypes. Uh, those films will still be available to other, the rest of the Disney Plus audience, but they're going to be blocking that for, for young children. You can't block the Aristocats, man. That shit's fucking classic. Jason O'Malley and shit like that. <laughs> Apparently, in that film, there's lots of uh, negative Asian uh, stereotype imagery in in that. In, in from what I was reading, I don't really don't remember that one all that well. Yeah. Are they gonna block? Oh, that was, oh, it was too, because of the Chinese It was during the every, it was during the everybody wants to be a cat song. <laughs> mm. I just don't think a seven-year-old's gonna pick up on the intricacies of why it's not good. It's gonna be a cool, Dumbo. Never I didn't know that like a seven-year-old can have a profile, but I, I guess it's Disney Plus. I guess maybe yeah, parents yeah. set up a, well, it's, a it's, profile for each kid so they can watch the shit exactly. they want to watch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They can watch what they want to watch, and then this way, if like you know, your one kid's watching something, it doesn't end up like a Netflix profile. It doesn't end up canceling out something somebody else is watching and shit like that. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, this is fucking, this is cancel culture. You know, welcome to cancel culture, everybody. It's, uh, let's, let's fucking erase and, and do everything because everybody wants to be sensitive about bullshit. You know, instead of saying, hey, why don't we fucking just educate the kids about it? You know, no, we'll just make it so that it's, uh, it's just a, a non-factor. But you know what? Whatever, man. You know, uh, I, I've had what enough get- of everything the last fucking year dealing with shit that just pisses me off about everything and everybody in this country. So, I'd- Once again, parents, just be parents. Do your fucking job. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, let, uh, don't let companies sit there. <laughs> that stuff. Censor material that your kids yeah. take care of. Like the ghoul said, educate and teach your children. <laughs> Moving on. 
hour of porn so, night. All right, kids. That's all you're getting. <laughs> uh, unless you're Sunday having a sleepover at the ghoul's house, then it's totally okay to watch Police Academy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fine. It's educational. I'm just gonna make it to that. I'm just gonna make it so that any parents, you know, they'll just have to sign a waiver ahead of time, knowing that you know they may their kids may be exposed to something that obviously will not be pornographic, but you know may may possess content that their, their, their kids' sensitive ears <laughs> not may full, not have not heard. Not pornography, soft, soft core, soft core pornography. Uh, maybe See, you joke like this, but I, one time when my kid was five, we were having a sl- he, he was having a slumber party with a bunch of friends, and they they were all five. So I was like, okay, it's cool. Uh, <clears throat> Phantom Menace just came out. I'm gonna t- you know take all the kids to go see Phantom Menace. You know, let's all go have a good time. They're all five. Let's go see a Star Wars movie. You know, next day parents come pick up, and you know one of the kids told their parents, you know told their parents, yeah, you know we went to go see Star Wars. The parents went fucking off on me, going, what are you doing? Oh, Taking my kids to go see something like that. And I was like, it's fucking violent. Star Wars. <laughs> was there something bad in Star Wars? Yeah, Darth Maul like gets like an ass. I'm sure it's just, the, you know, it's imagery, it's fighting, it's this, it's that. Like I said, man, people get sensitive over fucking stupid shit. Everybody wants yeah. to get hurt, and, you know, the minority complains about it, and the majority fucking caters to it every time. So... Whatever, or I'm sorry, the, the the politicians cater to it every time because you know they're they're afraid they're somehow going to lose voters. But whatever. <laughs> All right, so moving on, Dean. Uh, of one uh, piece of info here that I found to be quite interesting, filmmaker uh, apparently filmmaker Jeff Nichols uh, was approached by Fox back in around 2016 about doing a remake of the film Alien Nation. And Nichols says that he spent three years uh, working on, uh, you know, the project, uh, his script. Uh, He said that in the course of three years, he built out an entire alien civilization and situation and setup and fleshed out all of the characters and that it was really what he'd been doing for a long time. Well, then in 2019 acquired 20th Century Fox and killed the project. Um, he was hoping, he was under the impression that through Fox, he was going to have the opportunity to make a big, like $100 million studio film. And Disney just came in, killed it. And he said that it was soul crushing to say the least. Uh, but apparently, uh, Jeff Nichols was speaking on the, uh, the Team Deacons podcast. And he said that all is not lost, that he says Disney has come back to him uh, to talk about his alienation ideas and are now working with him on taking what he had created and developing it into a 10-episode series. So uh, he, he does say that he wants to shoot it, uh, like it's still shoot it like a giant film, and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to get away with that, but that Disney is now uh, back in the game, and they are working on a way to to bring this to life in, in series form. And I just wanted to say that uh, the reason this is of interest to me is because it's of uh, I can only of course speak for myself, but I think that the original uh, Alien 
Nation film with James Caan and Manny Patankin uh, from 1988 is just fucking awesome. I think that it's like a little bit forgotten and uh, not uh, kind of uh, remembered or talked about that often, but I thought that was a fucking badass movie with some cool special effects and suspense, some great action set pieces, and just a really, really cool concept. I know that uh, a few years after that, it was like a very short TV series on Fox, yes, it was. maybe in the, uh, you know, with, with different uh, actors. Uh, but, yeah. um, you know, I think that done well and, and listening to uh, or reading about uh, Jeff Nichols and the kind of work that he put into it in developing this idea kind of, you know, made me interested. And I would be interested in seeing it like a Disney series for Alienation because, man, I do believe that that, that 1988 film is like like a high point from in that genre of that era because it's, it's just really fucking badass movie. Yeah, it's it's a trippy ass fucking sci-fi movie, man. <laughs> with with a lot of heavy heavy social commentary in there. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, really which, fucking which cool. Which I think which I think for me is what always kept me kind of away from it. I was more of an action sci-fi kind of guy at that age. Um I know I've seen it, but I don't have much memory of it. But you are correct. That is one of those um that the people that do enjoy and appreciate it they like really enjoy and appreciate it you know that that's that's a, a very acclaimed movie and and i heard good things about the series as well so that's uh that's something i'll probably yeah. revisit soon yeah I, I i think that you should because i will say that it's recently it recently was part of the you know maybe stars maybe encore but it was recently part of the rotation of one of those maybe the epics channel i don't know it was one of those uh, premium channels it was recently part of the rotation, and I had the chance to to watch. I saw not the whole thing, but I saw a big chunk of it for the first time in a very long time. And like I, I think that it really holds up, um, especially as a as a film from 1988. Uh, the effects hold up. Um, I like I, I like I think that it would certainly. I, I really think it'd be worth checking out. Cool. It's it's a really fucking good movie. Very nice. That sounds cool, man. Indeed. What else yeah. you got? And then the final thing that I want to talk about, uh, we have talked so much about, uh, you know, the 2018 uh, Halloween and the upcoming Halloween Kills, followed by the up, up, upcoming Halloween Ends. Uh, but I just want to talk about something uh, from going, uh, winding us all the way back to the 1978 original Halloween film. Uh, it seems that uh, David Gordon Green, of course, uh, has written a children's book that is called The Legend of Halloween. And in this children's book, uh, he tells the story of the original Halloween movie uh, with illustrations and rhymes, just like you would find in a children's book. Um, I have a sample of one of the lines from the story uh, that is a quick swipe of his brutal blade severs flesh and bone. Uh, Michael plans some arts and crafts with that big headstone. Uh, so this book is 60 pages long. <laughs> the imagery is really, really funny. Uh, the book, there's a website for the book. It's just legendofhalloween.com. And on the website, uh, there is a link to purchase the book on Shopify for $24.99. But it, I'm, I'm, pro I'm probably going to order it. It just looks like a really cool little funny thing. So, um, you know, I'm going to, I'll probably order it. <laughs> so anyway, 
The Legend of Halloween children's book by David Gordon Green. Um, and there, and there you have it. Okay. Yeah, that's one uh, to look out for. I mean, I'm sure certainly give that to your kids for Christmas. You can't watch Dumbo or anything on Disney Plus, but they can read The Legend of Halloween, which I would yeah, definitely I read to my kids. Because, kids. because of the fucking crows? Is that what it's supposed to be? Is it because of the crows? So you're telling me in Dumbo, a bunch of kids are going to watch a bunch of crows that are speaking jive, right? Something that these five kids that are seven and under are going to have no idea what fucking jive is whatsoever. They're going to watch these crows and they're going to say, yo, those things are representative of black people. They are, because they're huh? smart kids these days. <laughs> That's a nowadays. You do realize do that, that the mother. fucking issue with you do realize the issue a couple of years ago with that kids were eating fucking Tide Pods, right, King? They're not that fucking bright. <laughs> I can tell you right now, they're not. You know, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I just want to comment on that because people like to to take that, um, you know, to take that Tide Pod thing and be like, oh, the kids today are so stupid. But I have very strong memories of like dipshits in my generation. You know, of course not, including myself in any way, on the fucking school bus in, like, seventh grade, snorting fucking pixie sticks. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I can't really <laughs> fucking side pod thing okay, and be like, oh, kids today minute, are no. so fucking wait stupid. Wait a minute, there's a world of difference between doing something stupid, like sniffing a sugary snack that's a powder, and taking <laughs> detergent... Something that you know is used to wash the fucking clothes in your household and thinking that you're going to eat them. For a challenge, no less, on, on YouTube. It's I still you think it's in the same – I, I still – I hear what you're saying, but I do believe that it's just in the same realm of idiocy. I would get it if, like, let's say, like, the whole, uh, what is it, what is it, not power, power, robo-tripping. I would understand it if the purpose behind doing it was to get a buzz or get high or something. But the only reason for doing it is because just like the ice bucket challenge, it was something that was challenged to do on the internet. Come on, man. At least get a buzz if you're going to do it. You know what I mean? We used to fucking, you know, I used to pow down some Dimatap and fucking suck down a couple of those fucking speed pills or whatever. We used to get out there and freehold the fucking epinephrine or whatever the hell that shit was. And I'd wake up at like 2 o'clock <laughs> in the morning tripping my fucking balls off. But, you know, at least there was something to be gained out of it, not eating Tide Pods. Right. <laughs> uh, I do. I do want to rewind. Uh, just a moment here, because you were asking about uh, the reason for these films on Disney Plus being blocked, and I have the specific information. They say that Dumbo, uh, they say The Crows, and you were talking about The Crows, which pay homage to racist minstrel shows where white performers with blackened faces and tattered clothing imitated and ridiculed enslaved Africans on southern plantations. The leader of which the seven group and Dumbo is about. just listen. The leader of the group in Dumbo is Jim Crow, who shares the name of laws and forced racial segregation in the southern United States. Uh, Peter Pan is on the list because the movie portrays Native people in a stereotypical manner that reflects neither the diversity of Native peoples nor their authentic cultural traditions. It shows them speaking in an unintelligible language and repeatedly refers to them as redskins, an offensive term. Peter and the Lost Boys engage in dancing, wearing headdresses, and other exaggerated tropes, a form of mockery and appropriation of Native people's culture and imagery. Aristocats, uh, 
runs into problems. One feline is depicted as a racist caricature of East Asian peoples with exaggerated stereotypical traits such as slanted eyes and buck teeth, sings in poorly accented English, uh, plays the piano with chopsticks. Uh, The portrayal reinforces the perpetual foreigner stereotype, uh, and the film also features lyrics that mock Chinese language and culture. And finally, the Swiss family Robinson uh, comes under fire for its portrayal of pirates. Uh, the pirates who antagonize the Robinson family are portrayed as stereotypical <laughs> foreign menace. Uh, many appear in yellow face or brown face and are costumed in an exaggerated and inaccurate manner uh, with not hairstyles, cues, robes, overdone facial makeup, reinforcing their barbarianism and otherness. They speak in an indecipherable language, presenting a singular and racist representation of Asian and Middle Eastern peoples. Mm-hmm. So there you oh, show. So listen, it's well, okay. As it's it's okay, as long as you're seven and old older when you see these yes. depictions of these things. <laughs> yes, you're eight. But totally you're seven cool. Yeah, but if you're if seven you're and eight, under, totally. Cool. You know the ages in which you'd have absolutely no fucking frame of reference for any of this stuff and have pretty much no idea about any of it. You know, I don't know. I just don't remember walking away from Dumbo as a kid saying, you know, again, talking jive and be like, yo, that guy reminds me of Rodney on the corner over here. No, they were characters. You know, I didn't relate those characters to human beings, you know, as opposed to, let's say, something like when I was older, like Fritz the Cat, in which it very purposefully depicts crows as black people. But there's a reason why. Oh, yeah. Angering. Yeah. Again, it's fucking infuriating, man. It's so irritating. But anyway, let's move on to the movie. At the end of the day, it's canceled. That's all there is. I've seen a fucking elephant fly. I've seen a pork wing. I've seen a chicken wing. I've seen a dragonfly. All right, anyway. From 2020 Possessor, directed by Brendan Sonnenberg. This is your pick, Ghoul. So why don't you give us a synopsis, your thoughts, and then we'll move on. Would you like to suck my cock possess? Uh, um, <laughs> listen, it's, it's, a, it's a movie about a gang of assassins that take over other people's bodies, hence possession. And, uh, and it's done by a Cronenberg, you know? So it is getting into all kinds of... Uh, interesting body horror type things because they want to, you know, which is funny. I'm going to, obviously I'm going to bring relations into this from a a movie of his father. Um, I feel like this is kind of the spiritual sequel to Existence, but, uh, but yeah, aside from that, man, yeah, there's, there's assassins that kill people and shit gets bloody when shit needs to be bloody. And boy, does it get bloody. So there you go. That's all. Uh, what did you think about Possessor? Well, I mean, again, the reason I picked this was in a way to to steal it from you. Um, you had mentioned <laughs> your top list, your top list of 2020, and you know, so often, so 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 often, we we 
you know, mention things like this, or specifically you mention things like this, and then unfortunately the movies we don't we don't get around to seeing them. You know, there's so many horror movies out there. We've all got lists, I'm sure, and then you've got you know me who picks things like Twilight and stuff like that just to torture you guys a little bit. <laughs> so Fucker. that was a Valentine's Day special. <laughs> you, exactly. See, and I don't have Valentine's this day year, so nobody's going to get a Twilight movie. Um, I'm sure you guys are all <laughs> wounded. I, I, I know you, you're wounded, you're hurting, you're going to want to see it. And one day, one day, my, my I, will have, I, will have, I will have Twilight back again for you guys. Don't, don't worry, audience. It will happen. So, the whole reason behind <laughs> this one was, you know, you had mentioned this. You said you really liked it. And, you know, immediately, you know, knowing that it was Brandon Cronenberg, um, I like uh, a lot of his father's concepts, if I don't necessarily like the movies. So I wanted to see it. I bought well it right said. off the bat. And since I owned it, I figured, you know what, we might as well use it for the show. So I bought it, didn't watch it until this viewing right here. So in a way, I did this just to kind of steal a movie away from the king and, uh, and, and just get it done. That's what we're going to fucking do here. Well, it's not stealing because it was my honorable mention. Glad that you picked it because, you know, it was a 2020 movie, relatively new, got a lot of hype on the Internet from horror groups, so I'm glad that you picked it and we're going to be talking about it. But, Dean, what did you think about Possessor? Uh, man, assassins everywhere. Uh, all, this, all this needed uh, was Antonio Banderas and Sylvester Stallone to show up. Um, <laughs> no, I love that movie. Uh, so here we have a, 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 a Cronenberg. We have a Cronenberg film here. So obviously, like, the weird fucking shit is going to be brought in for certain. And it was. Um, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I, I found it to be, uh, like, a slow burner. But, like, at some points, like, a little bit too slow. Like, I feel like there was, like, a little bit sometimes of, like, just characters kind of standing around staring and thinking and whatnot. Uh, but I understand the purpose of that. Uh, but I enjoyed the concept um, I knew from our discussions last week that this was upcoming and realized that Jennifer Jason Lee uh, was in this one, but I didn't know until watching uh, that Sean Bean uh, was in there also. And I've always been a fan of him. And uh, with what goes on with him in the film, I'll comment on that a little bit later in our discussion. But, but yeah, man, uh, you know, I feel like this is quite different than some of the things we've watched as of late. Uh, and, and I did enjoy Possessor. <laughs> that man has died in more films than fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he's dead. He's dying in this movie, but we'll talk about him later on. But Monkey, what did you think about Possessor? Okay, um, the copy I got, I was not able to get the regular copy, so I had to go with the director's cut. Uh, all one hour and forty-four minutes of it. <laughs> um, thirty-seven. Mine was 44. You the, Thank you. You watched the uncut version. So did I ask. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, but, but, yeah, I just got to say, guys, thank you for picking this movie. This movie was so fucking awesome, man. It's like, I'm glad I watched the uncut version. It, I just, yeah, it was just so much fun, man. It was like, you know, you, you took, like, Stanley Kubrick, you took Ridley Scott, you know, and then you take Cronenberg and mix them all together, and you have this awesome, awesome, high-tech, low-tech sci-fi movie, and I love it when science fiction movies are able to do that and mix them both together to give you just this weird-ass feeling of what was going on, and it just made me feel like I was watching a really, really long, fucked-up episode of, like, you know, Black Mirror. 
So it just had had mm-hmm. that vibe to it. And yeah, man, again, it's like, you know, King, thank you for the mention. Ghouls, thank you for picking it. I really, really enjoyed watching this movie, man. How about yeah, your King? Really I mean, we, know, we, know, we know that this was your honorable mention, but what did you think about the actual film? Yeah, it was an honorable mention because it just didn't quite land for me in the top five, you know, but it needed to get an honorable mention. Because I do like Brandon Cronenberg as a director. He mainly does shorts. Uh, he did a movie back in 2012 called Antiviral. That's pretty good if you guys want to check it out, if you like Possessor. Um, but, you know, he definitely takes after his dad, you know, in terms of body horror and melding it with sci-fi. Uh, like Ghoul said, it as extends. I also got scanner vibes, you know, during certain parts of this movie uh, with just what they do with the brain and the capacity to go into somebody and, and possess them. Videodrome even came up at a certain point, but... It's a, mm-hmm. a fun movie where the gore is good when it gets good, you know. And, yeah, I agree with the Dean that there are certain points, uh, especially with Colin Tate, uh, where it does kind of drag a little bit. You're like, okay, let's, let's speed it up a little bit. Let's get back to the action. Let's get back to the gore. But you have to go through the paces of the story. You know, it's, it's dark. It's very, you know, not a very a beat film. And that's what I love about it, that it's just kind of a drag, especially when you have uh, Andrea Riseborough playing uh, Tasia Voss this assassin that kind of wants to get out of the business in a way because she's losing herself because this isn't the typical assassin story. Like we said from the start, this isn't somebody picking up a gun and shooting a target. This is somebody actually going into the mind of somebody and controlling them like a robot until they get to their target and killing it that way. So you kind of lose your personality in a way. And that's what Tasia Voss is feeling when we see her in this environment. She's losing the fact that she is herself with her children and with her husband. You know, she's kind of losing herself in a way. She doesn't want to do it anymore, but she'll, like every movie, it's like, okay, one last job, and then I'm out. That's it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and this is where we kind of connect with it, with, with her going after John Pars, played by Sean Bean, you know, where you see him in the credits, you're like, oh, he's definitely dying. I mean, it's only a matter of time, but when is he going to show up? When is he going to die? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the thing here is, and, and you know, and again, like like the dean said, there are points to it that are a slow burn, and as he also said, there's a reason for for these things. Um, this isn't simply a matter of uh, of Matrix like jacking into a being. Um, mm-hmm. the, the way these assassinations play out, you actually have to kind of become the other person in order to kind of live within their life so that you can get the target that you're going after. And then you add to it, you're not simply removing the being from the body. It's a matter of aligning your mentality, your brainwaves to their brainwaves. So in a way, there's always a a fight, a, a struggle, because that person is still in there. It's just a matter of they're kind of like watching it as if like, you know, you were controlling somebody in a video game. I think that kind of happened with a uh, that movie Gamer might have had something yeah. similar. I've never seen it with Gerard Butler. Um, in oh, which, you know, so you're being controlled. You're being controlled by an outside source, you know, and you're able to see everything that's going on, but you have no control of your actual body. Um, so, so you have that, and that's why they have that constant uh, realigning that they do when they, they jack themselves back in. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought this this did. It, it, it borrowed certain points of inception. It borrowed things from, like I said, it extends. 
you know, the Matrix is obviously going to always, anytime you have anything in which you have people jacking into themselves, that's always going to, oh, yeah, I, I jack out of myself. <laughs> I get certain people jack inside of themselves. That's why it's weird. Um, you know, and then, no, and then like, like you said, too, you know, everything's the new flesh. So. That, that yeah, but just movie, you gotta remember to, when you pull it off right, you gotta be like RKO, man. You gotta be that's a rerun assassin, and they totally rewrote that with this movie. So now that's what you are when you jack into someone game. else's personality. Triple H, Triple H is the cerebral assassin, not RKO. <laughs> you totally oh, sorry, got that right. Oh, I'm no. sorry. <laughs> On the week of the I'm just Royal Rumble, Rumble, no Rumble. Less. how could you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a cool way to even, you know, pick it off with the one job that we see of of this woman named Holly who's working in a big kind of like high-rise restaurant and then going after her target, just grabbing a knife and plunging it into his neck and then just stabbing him repeatedly over and over again until she says, pull me out, and that's what she has to do is kill herself. She can't bring herself to pull the trigger, so she dies by cop and then comes out of the job. You know, job well done, but she, she can't dies. quite get over the fact Yeah. So, but she can't quite get over the fact that she keeps seeing that stabbing over and over again. She was supposed to use a gun to kill this target, but instead she opted for the knife. And that kind of, in a way, is like her excitement, especially when you see her having sex with Michael, her husband, later. And she keeps fantasizing about that over and over again because she's losing herself after all these jobs. Yeah, well, she, you know, even after well, the, boss, her, yeah. the boss even asks her, why did you use the knife? We had provided you with a gun. The assassination would have went real mm-hmm. quick and smooth with the gun. You know, her excuse at the time was it felt more in character. But like the boss says, whose character? You know, like the, it, it, none of it made sense, you know. So this was showing us right off the bat, boss is unstable. And she is the one, she, she murdered this guy with the knife because she liked the violence. She wanted to do it that way. She wanted to feel it. You know, this is something that is exciting to her. And then, like you say, we see this through the sex act with her and her husband because, again, she's revisiting that, and that's what's kind of getting her off at the same time. And she with Gerger, where she looks at the objects like, this is my grandfather's pipe. My father gave it to me after my grandfather died. You know, and this is a butterfly that I had killed as a child, but I felt guilty about doing it. So it's like a checklist of, okay, well, you're back mentally but we do have this one last job that you have to do against CEO John Parks, but you're going to have to possess his daughter's fiance, Colin Tate. And like you said, Bull, this is the cool part about it too, is seeing her in the hotel room across from where Colin Tate is with his fiance, Ava, and her copying what he's saying over and over again, just to get it just right. So that when mm-hmm. she does right. possess him, it'll be natural. It won't seem fake. Yeah, well, this way she can sound. This way she's not going to sound different. She's not going to talk different. Yeah, she goes into his body, but it's still her going into his body. So that would be like you know, if I possess the king's body, but I'm still talking like the ghoul. I think everybody's going to identify that. Well, something's going on with the king. Why? Why is he acting that way? Um, so the idea is to put all these people into, into believing that you know everything is is perfectly normal around them. You know, and as far as the whole thing with the, uh, you know, there's a lot of foreshadowing that occurs in the scene when she's looking at those objects, specifically, obviously, the butterfly, in which she's speaking about having guilt for killing it, Um, which as an assassin, I mean, we literally just watched this woman butcher a human being with a knife. (laughs) 
and then she's looking at a little box with a little red butterfly talking about feeling guilt for it. You know, we see from Gerda's reaction, you know, this is something that she doesn't want in her assassin, you know, and it's not for the reasons that you think. It's not for altruistic motives. It's for, you know, hey, I want you just fully here. You know, you, I want you gone. In the game. You know, I, you have split with your husband. What are you talking about? You and Michael are separated. You know, you don't, you don't see them. You don't do this anymore. And it's like, but she does still. You know, she's not supposed to, but she does. And you have to get rid of all of your, your human side. Like, you have to get rid of all that to become, like, the perfect assassin. Like, you can't have any yep. human connections. But Children, see, husband, wife, whatever. We see that she's struggling with that, too, because just though as she's yeah. practicing – uh, getting ready to slip into uh, the identity for her her job, she's also doing the same behaviors to just see her family, her husband and son, practicing her words uh, to sound natural mm-hmm. and to sound like a human. Mm-hmm. Sound like a human being. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say the exact same thing was, again, you just have to get yourself back into character. And after so many jumps, she, you know, again, it's getting harder and harder for her to remember who she is. And it's taking herself her practice just to be able to just simply remember, you know, who she is in this body. Well, even when she takes over Colin and she, she becomes Colin and talks to Ava for the first time, Ava even notices a difference. Like, yeah, you know, Voss is not doing a very good job at at pretending to be Colin. You know, he's not acting the same with Colin would. And she even asks him, like, "What's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting so happy all of a sudden and being very affectionate?" And, oh, nothing's wrong. No, that's cool. So it's like already there's cracks in the molds of her taking over this this body of Colin because she's fractured mentally and she's going into this mind that she's not fully in control of, as we see, you know. The course. Yeah. Not only that, but she also she jumped into this job way too quick. You know, they they, they yeah. offered it, and yeah. she she was not she wasn't ready to go in for another job yet. She hadn't been out long enough from the previous one to even be doing this. So so yeah, she was definitely way too positive, yeah. as we see, you know, Ava's reaction to it. And I just want to sit there and talk about the jump sequence and just how that was filmed. I just fucking loved was involved with oh, jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well done. Very, very artistically yeah, well done. It was, it was just some awesome, awesome trippy shit to watch, man. I, I really fucking dug it. The, the entire sequence was just so mellow. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad yeah, they give and, us... I'm glad they mm-hmm. give us the whole you know, scene of showing, you know, the kidnapping and that they have to implant, you know, the, the, the receiver and whatnot into his head and everything. It definitely closes, you know, a major plot hole as far as how everybody, like, how these people jack into other people. Um, but, you know, it does pose, you know, I, I don't know. To, to me, it feels like there's like a. I guess the easiest way to have gotten around it would be to have used some kind of other technology that people all have implanted inside of them already, and that these people are just capable of hijacking it. You know, just like again, just like in the Matrix, people, you know, humans born in the Matrix yeah. have portholes already built into yeah. their their bodies. You know. Yeah. yeah, but again, that's 
you know, that's what I was saying. This is like that weird-ass Black Mirror kind of thing. It's weird-ass technology that's set pretty much in today, you know, even though I think the wiki said it's 2008 or something like that. But still, you know, it's this technology, and that's why they are an assassin corporation that's able to get major shit done and get major, major money is because they have the technology with this weird-ass stuff to be able to do this stuff and commit murders and stuff like that, and it all seems completely natural because everyone looks like an inside job because of how they do it. Yeah, or, mm. or something yeah, that, to that effect. Yeah, again, like somebody somebody goes crazy. Somebody pulls a Richard Ramirez, let's say. Um, you know, this this, this <laughs> like you know, my, my initial thought, which was actually funny too. Like my first question was when we first get introduced to, to this the scene in the beginning, where where Holly, um, you know, kills kills that guy. Was were we in the same time? You know, was this a case in which they were capable of jumping into the past? Was this a mind transferred in that? I like the fact that they kept it in the same time frame. Like, this is where this is happening. Um, it's not like a fictional thing. It's an actual physical thing. And like I said, too, this really made me feel like the technology from, you know, existence had moved on and this was and that's why I kind of feel like in a way Brandon set this in 2008 I think it kind of puts it in line with his father's work of similar of, of similar similar types yeah it's definitely alternate 2008 I mean and the parts that kind of drag for me like the the Dean had said earlier were, were kind of scenes leading to this where it, it's Tate at his job you know, examining the different fabrics and, you know, pointing them out in this virtual reality type program, uh, then having the really awkward sex with Ava where she's just choking him and covering his mouth. And he's like, okay, enough of that. I don't like that. But <laughs> just, it was kind of cool to see, but it was just kind of, to me, it kind of felt like, like we need to get to the set piece. We need to get okay. to, to, you know, the target. See, I fucking enjoyed all that stuff. Great, cause I enjoyed the fucking <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, I knew you were going to enjoy this fucking. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. I enjoyed the whole thing of the, just the weird-ass dystopian kind of, you know, mi- literal mindless job of you literally sit there and click on shit. It's like, it's just, again, just fit, fit in with the Black Mirror shit. You know, ju- just look at the whole um, <laughs> episode where you got to <laughs> just stand there and run forever. Um, but, yeah, the sex scene. Okay, cool. Take it away, because I know you were all about that fucking scene. <laughs> oh yeah, you know me, man. I, I love good sex in a movie, and and this one I think had had plenty of, of great scenes for that man. Like the fucking that happens happens pretty hardcore. You know, this was one of those where it's like, okay, you know, the the, the ten year old happened to be sitting on the couch. Like when I started the movie. Now, again, going into this, I read nothing on it. I know nothing of it. So, you know, she happens to look up at the beginning when the, uh, the port gets stuck, when she stuck, sticks the thing into her head and, like, the blood starts pouring out. And she don't like that kind of stuff. Like, anything gory, that's it. She's like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to see it. But she continued to sit in here because she was working on her iPad or whatever it is. And then that first sex scene happened, and it was like, yeah, kid. Out. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Like this is, this is, this is, this is a no. 
because it wasn't it wasn't like a simple one. It wasn't an easy one. I don't know if there's any difference between like the, the regular version of the movie and the uncut version of the movie. But it's you know it's pretty raw and it's pretty straight up. Just you know like listen, it's one thing if you're hearing your parents do it in the other room. It's another thing to be sitting in the room with your parents and something like that is happening on the television. And I understood like back when I was a kid, like when my grandmother would kick me out of the room or my parents would be like, all right, get out of the room. You can't see this or you can't watch this scene. <laughs> From Beyond is the movie that comes to mind for that because that you know, was that like was loving the shit out of it until my grandmother was like, "There's too much titty in this. Get out of here." Yeah, but it's just, <laughs> come back. Like, this scene, like you, like you, like you said. Okay, uh, from what I understand, the uncut and the uh, regular cut, the sex scene was all the same. Okay, and just the whole thing what? of the the reversal of roles, and then yeah, then she starts imagining herself as. Our guy, and then she's got her big old dick there. <laughs> you knew she was going to do it, man. She's like, I'm finally a guy. I got to check out what this is all about. Yeah. Well, if I got a yeah, little no, I'd be throwing my tits all day. Of course. Oh, yeah. You know, but I think I, Scooby Doo Part 2. In which, we saw, in, which, in which we saw the erect penis, you know, sticking out. Which, again, I. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like okay, that. As, as a heterosexual male, I do honestly believe that there needs to be more dick in movies because we see plenty of female anatomy in so many films. Like what? Yet the male anatomy is like shunned away. Yep. We have dicks. Yeah, people. I'm okay with it. But it's, uh, you know, so we get this breaking away of, of a I boss, love, you know, I getting love into mine, that's for sure. Yeah, we know that. Um, but we got to meet Sean Bean as John Parse, the CEO of this company, uh, having a party with all his friends, including Kate and his fiance Ava. Ava is the daughter of John Parse. And it's just, this is kind of like the breaking of reality a little bit for Voss in Colin Tate's head, uh, who proceeds to get drunk at this party, you know, and at one point decides to square up against John. You want to step on me, motherfucker? You want to step on me? It's like, yeah, is this part of the plan, boss? Were you supposed to get yeah, kicked no. and yell at him? Yeah, yeah yes. it, it was. You know, was. The whole plan was to get kicked out yeah. of the building. The idea she needed to get yeah. kicked out so that she could come back in and shoot the shoot them up, and it would seem like it was in revenge for getting kicked out. Yeah, but she wasn't actually <laughs> drunk. She, she she was acting drunk because when you watch her, she actually takes some of the drink and puts it on her neck and stuff just to make herself smell even more drunk. Okay, so, because no, she had the, because she has the instructions in her ear. Okay, now you got to sit there and start a fight. You know, make sure everyone sees it, and then get your ass thrown out. Now, yeah. The the thing okay, that goes off no, kilter here is her enjoyment of the violence. All she needed to do was kill them. She had a gun, yeah. but instead she wants to toy with him. You know, and you know whether or not this is a a matter of their psyches not aligning and maybe this is a little bit of Colin you know coming out and that was part of that anger or if this is just Voss being so fractured but man the sequence where you know again like I said as soon as I saw Sean Bean was in the movie I saw his name in the credits and I'm like that fucker's dead because he dies in everything. <laughs> like it's just, it's just a given, you know. And I'm like, all right. So you know, now now I see he's there, and I'm like, well, this is gonna be good. Look at the shit we've seen right. so far, man. 
and and yeah, if it ever deliver, man, this yes, fucking delivers. You, yes, here's what I was thinking. You have been, you have said at the top, and you said just now uh, that Sean Bean has been in so many things, and he's died in so many things. Sean Bean has been in so many things, and and died in so many things, and has also played in a lot of the things he's been in. He's he's played a lot of very, very, very unlikable characters, and while his characters. Uh, have 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 met their demise. I feel that the unlikability of some of the characters that he's played, like, never really got like the suitable graphic demise uh, that they might have deserved. And I feel in this instance, uh, like, it finally all caught up to him, and uh, we got all of that that, that that punishing, violent, graphic, violent, bloody demise uh, that maybe his characters have warranted in the past. It all came. It all mm-hmm. came calling. Karma finally came calling in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He went to the face of that poker and pulls his fucking teeth out, and then goes out his eye. And I was like, "Damn, pulling no punches here." And, and yeah, no. When she, you know, she's just he's well, he, she, she's got. I guess that's that's that just fits right in with today's society. You know, we no. don't know what it is at this point. Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Um. Them. They're just going, yeah, them, them is just going at it. And, yeah, the, the eyeball, the teeth, the jamming it, like, down into, like, the back of his fucking throat. Like, yeah, it was, like, it was just brutality. And, you know, again, this is just as so Cronenbergian to just really show it, you know, the, the, the blood and the spatter and the strikes. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, like, you know, cutting it to, like, a, an interesting angle where you can just use your imagination. No, you see it. There's no, no imagination needed. So if you're squeamish, you know, this is not the movie for you. You know, it reminds me very much of a scene that occurred in Game of Thrones between, uh, between this one character, the guy that actually plays the Mandalorian now, and the mountain that rides. And they have this, this fantastic fight sequence that goes completely fucking wrong for him. And, and when it goes wrong, I mean, it goes wrong. And it's like one of those that to this day still like just thinking about certain parts of it gives me goosebumps and a shudder when I think of a certain sound that occurs during that sequence. And this is this is right up there with it. Yeah. And with the target of John Parrish being taken out, he goes after Ava with a gun and kills her, you know, and thinking that he's that Voss is gonna pull herself out, pull me out, I'm gonna put the gun in my mouth, but for some reason she can't pull the trigger. She can't successfully Again. pull her to kill her to end the simulation. So instead Tate kind of regaining control of his own body jams a shard of glass into the top of his skull, which causes Voss in her state to just start spewing blood out of her mouth, you know, just on the verge of death herself in this world, in this office. Um, Dying the matrix, dying in the real world. <laughs> but we're also having this fracture now where Tate is regaining control, but Voss is still in there. So she's still trapped in his mind, and Voss is, and Tate is trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Like, why am I covered in blood? What's happening? I got to figure this out. I got to piece this together because he's having memories of Voss. Like he's having her memories infiltrate his own memories. Which so is how he knew to stab in the top of the head. <clears throat> yeah, it's because he had seen it. That's how you can, you know, fracture the, the fragment that goes into the head, the implant, I should say, um, that boss uses to get into it. But he manages to steal some clothes and escape to his friend Rita's apartment. But I love that interaction when he first gets to Rita's, 
where he's like, I don't know what happened, but I did it for you. We can finally be together now. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, uh, Ava and I got no fun. I need to stay here for a couple of days. She's like, sure. You know, <laughs> a couple. Then you got to go well, back. Funny too. Well, what's funny, too, is, though, if you go back to the sequence in which he met or didn't meet her, but he got home and all the friends were there. He ran into her in the bathroom mm-hmm. and she was saying that Ava mm-hmm. knows about us and that it's okay. So whatever relationship yeah. these two are having is actually perfectly fine with his girlfriend at the time, and, yeah. you know, possible soon to be wife, which is the whole reason for this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but she's going, Rita's going away on a trip. So if he tells him that he could stay there for a couple of days, she's got to go back to Ava. But while she's showering, so Colin pulls out a gun and kills her. She's so in that shower scene. But we don't get to see she her death. So hot, she, is killed her. she is so hot. This, I, I can't yeah. pronounce her name. Um, but she actually <laughs> was in the Hemlock Grove show uh, that was on Netflix. Okay. And uh, she's like the, uh, the cousin of one of the lead characters. And man, yeah. Like, yeah. Girl's fire. Yeah, it's very, anyway. very hard. To, uh, but, so, she, so at this point, after he has killed Rita, we have Eddie, who we had seen earlier as a co-worker of Colin Tate, coming into the house and saying, oh, hey, you know, uh, you know, Rita said that you were going to be on this checking in on you. Can you get me a drink? And Colin says, sure. Eddie pulls out a gun and shoots him in the back of the head to kind of have his moment to put him on the bed. And that's where you get to reveal that Eddie's actually a plant himself. And he works for the same company that Voss does. And he's just in total, like, hero worship mode of Voss. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, <laughs> your assassins are, like, like your hits are the best, you know, but I'm here <laughs> to help you get out. Like, I'm here to bring you back. You know, so let, let's just count this down and figure it out. And I love that, the sequence. When you have the flashing strokes, Voss in the bed, mm-hmm. in the bed, Voss in the bed. But then you have Colin taking over and straddling Voss, and then crushing her fucking head in. Ah, oh, it was so great. <laughs> and then her fucking... Mashed that shit like a fucking potato, man. Anywhere. Yeah, it mashed like it down, and then balloon. puts on her... <laughs> yeah. And that's where we get the poster art for the movie, which is Voss's face being worn as a mask, you know, by Holly, and then by Colin, and then by Voss <laughs> herself. Just really well done by Brandon Cronenberg to, to kind of show this. You know, her, all the people that she's taken over, and they're all wearing her face at that moment. And it's in, the, in his mind as well, is the internal battle going scanners, where you're having this psychic battle in the same shared brain. Well, it's also similar, again, to the whole separation of the two beings as well, though. You see, like, uh, in those flashes, you see the two of them ripping apart. You see scarring on yeah. the two mm-hmm. of them. Um you know, but the uh, the whole idea of the mask, you know, even was going to show that, you know, she doesn't even really exist anymore. She, Voss herself, is simply just another one of these masks now. Um, you know, it even made me, like, start to wonder, like, is this is this person even Voss anymore? You know, is it, is it possible right. that at some other point that she was taken over by somebody and she doesn't even realize it now, you know, and that that's just another part of this entire, just the, 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 the falling down the, the, the rabbit hole for this. And it's, it's ultimately Colin who wins the psychic battle of wills between him and Voss. He kills Eddie during the battle and realizes that Voss is in his head. He has all these memories. He knows who she is. 
So he's going to track down her husband and Ira, her son, and where she lives. And I love the shots of that place where they live because it's just so bland and just so cold and bleak. Like especially when Ira's walking outside and he's like, oh, I, I got a trust. like, hey, it's, it's just Britain. It's <laughs> all. Oh, Canada. It's the suburbs. It's Canada. <laughs> Not the United States. It looks like Britain. Not too far. <laughs> yeah. A, a very cool shot. I'm busy watching Love Island, man. We finished season six, so. Okay, Where stay on go, target. We're, okay, we're not going there. We only have 20 minutes left. Cool. Seeing Ira, we have later that night the confrontation between Colin and Michael, uh, Voss's husband. And, you know, of course, he's cowering in fear. He doesn't know why this guy's here. He doesn't even know where his wife is. You know, he's overseas, I guess. I don't know where my wife is. You know, what did she do to me? you got to tell me what she did. And he has just no idea. Like, this husband says, I don't know what you want. I don't even know why you're here. You know, but you need to go. And just when he thinks he might get the upper hand on cop by knocking the gun out of his hand, Tate's got a meat cleaver. He's going to use it. And he's going to use it. And he's going to use it. And he's going to use it. Against fucking Michael chopping his fingers. <laughs> and then just going hard. On that body, so there's just blood everywhere. There's just on the, you know, on the blinds, on the countertop, on the floor. You know, there's nothing left of Michael. And I love the shot of the two fingers slowly uncurling yeah. on the floor. As, mm-hmm. as I just, I love and, it. And, you know, just seeing that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like one of the things with Colin, too, though, was that, you know, the way he was calling it out, you can see that he doesn't quite understand the technology either. He's calling out in the house no. as if boss might actually be there you know like i'm gonna do it you better come out now and you know she's in his head but the thing is is when you know he's butchering michael at this point you also don't know if this is her because it could be her finally trying you know because she's got this anger towards him as well this is this is that separation you know she kind of loves him but she obviously doesn't because she has to she has to put on a facade just to, to even be around them you know these are just yeah these to her are attachments that are keeping her human yeah and it's, it's like we talked about throughout the entire thing you have to separate yourself from these human attachments and after Tate kills Michael, and he just gets up against the, the kitchen counter and just has a moment. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's getting stabbed in the neck brilliantly with a nice big blood gush. And then when he looks over, mm-hmm. there's Ira holding the knife. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> what a good reaction. <laughs> and then he shoots him. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. You're killing his kid. <laughs> Fine. So huge. We can do this. In Not home. just... Not just shot him though, like shot head. him, shot him, shot in the head, like splatter out the fucking top of the skull, like the whole nine, man. Like yeah, there are plenty of directors out there. They shy away from from obviously killing or harming kids. Nope, no such compunction. Not here, man. It's not fucking here at all. Not here at all. Yeah. So yeah, if, you, if you've got some kind of statistic, also, fucking, it's, it's something. I, what? I love how they teased it too. Like the 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 gunshot goes off, followed by the collapse, and like you don't know if the gunshot hit the kid or not. Like you can assume and wonder if they're gonna go there. And then the camera pans over, and the kid's just standing there with the one hole to start. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that looks warm yeah. on his chest. They could have went safe and just had the kid drop right there. But no. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, let's, uh, let's just, let's just add to it. And then they add the insult to injury, though, of you seeing the kid in his dying moments say, pull me out. Yep. Oh. <laughs> so no, it, was, it, was, it was Gerder who controlled, she jacked into yep. Boss's child. So this whole time, so that she could finally have the companion that she's wanted. We heard Gerder speaking earlier that she can't do this anymore. So we know that Gerder used to be where Voss is now as the top assassin. Yeah. But she could not do it anymore. So now she wants, you know, Voss to be that person that she once was. And this is her way of actively creating that best assassin again. And it was after you see that, but then you see the, the blood kind of pulling together. You know, I always dig those kind of shots. Where it's like you have the blood mm-hmm. from two different people. I mean, that's obviously, it's not Voss's body, but it's Voss in the mind. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to see where that doll was going to come back into play that we saw earlier in the movie. Because to me, that was like one of the most horrifying fucking things I ever saw. You know, <laughs> robot weird. I was like, why the fuck is this thing a thing? Like, that's horrifying. Like, look, I can make it dance. Like, that doesn't make it any better. Like, that, that's well, going to no. give me nightmares. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. No, the idea was is that the assassins were doing that with people. They had the ability to do the exact same thing, control other people like puppets. You know, so just like that kid could control that robot, Voss, you know, she's talking about, oh, you're so smart. But Voss literally does that for a living. That's what she does. She controls other human beings. Didn't make it any less frightening. I don't know. It's just no, looking oh, at no, that no, doll. No. Like, you know. Don't get me wrong. It was, yeah, it was fucking creepy looking. <laughs> Yeah, it's just of the fat little arms and the weird disassociated head, and for some reason it's an airline pilot. And I was like, no, no, this is like I'm watching all this shit. I'm like, that's the scariest part of this movie. That little fucking puppet. Like, is it gonna come out with a knife at some point? And just stab someone. Oh, the yard? Or, I, I love it when he gets freaked out about the silliest things. <laughs> I, it's, just, yeah, it's the dead eyes. It's the deadest eyes. I know. But after we see this destruction of his family, and we have another debriefing with Voss, going through the same personal objects we saw at the beginning of the movie, but then when she gets to the butterfly that she had felt guilty about earlier in the film, now it's called my lady. She doesn't come, come my lady. So it's kind of, yeah, Cold. thank you, Otan. It's hard. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's what song? Uh, yeah. yeah. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Sugar, baby. <laughs> Sugar, baby. <laughs> Mark Stoney, the movie of Jack Black and Tim Hanks. Mm-hmm. They did that in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Orange County. I call it the, I, I call it the DOC. But yes, Orange County. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. I know it's the show, the OC. Don't think about it. No. It's a song by... <laughs> California. California. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just know that Jason Schwartz and the actor was in that band as a drummer. Well, my lady song, what you were talking about, what, he, what you referenced. He was referencing Orange the movie County. Orange County. With Jack, song, with Jack song. Black and uh, Colin Hanks. I love the, the I had thought that you said the T, like the TV show. 
And I was I about to be like, oh, is that on? No, no. no I, did originally, I did originally say OC, but I meant Orange County, the movie. My bad. I fucked up, man. No, that's okay. That movie so, so much. Now, so you know, Vox is a weapon that Kinder always wanted, and that is possessive. Um, I got told the, the monkey, you know, the uncut version versus the version is really not much of a difference. I mean, even this movie clocks in at an hour 37 if you don't watch the credits, so. And there's no real reason to watch the, the regular version because it's just a little bit of extra gore, which I think is great because the gore in this movie was top notch, you know, and very oh, much in line it was with so the good. Gore is good. Yeah, well, I, I, I also think the the gore though drives home the violence of of death. You know, like I said, this doesn't go with the cutaway shots to make your your mind fill in the gaps. No. Um, this is going to no. straight up make you see. You know, that kind of shit, dude. The kind of shit that you don't want to see. The kind of shit that, you know, our news channels are protecting us from when they're not showing us real crime scene footage and shit like that. Yeah, but also on top of all of that, okay, it was willing to go there. Even where we as horror fans, this movie went where even horror movies don't go. You know, they're afraid to go. And we always talk about that, about how horror movies are, you know – getting to the point where even they're scared to push the envelope like horror movies used to. And, you know, when, oh. then when you get something like this, where it's like, yes, you know, right there in your face, let's let's have at it. Well, watch a lot of horror movies from the Italians in the 70s. Tons of kids get killed in those. They don't hold back. They make horror <laughs> movies about kids getting killed. I mean, that's what you're looking for. They got you, baby. Watch any of these movies from the 70s. They don't give a fuck, but it's the Americans that are like, we don't want to kill kids. I mean, even Sleepaway Camp, I think that was the first one we ever saw where kids were getting killed. They're like, this is fucking dope. Like, kids are getting axed. It's a teenager. It's not people that are <laughs> No, that's like a little five-year-old getting an axe to the face. I was like, yes, I'm in here for it. Like, you know, no kid's even safe. Like, you know I mean? It's, I don't think anybody should be safe in a horror film. Everybody should be up for it. Everybody yeah. should be up for the axe, you know, when it comes to horror movies. Yep, no one should be safe, and that's what should make horror movies <laughs> fun, is going in there knowing that there you know, is no final girl. You know, no no such thing as children are safe. Fuck that. If you're in the movie, make hey, you're, potential, you're potential collateral. <laughs> yep. So that was Possessor from 2020, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Next week. We are giving it to the Demonic Dean for his film pick of the week. What do you have for us, Dean? Yes. Yes, yes. The time has come. I, I, I had one title that was in my mind that I had uh, on the docket for this week's episode. And then based on some of our conversations uh, the past week, my, my, my title was leading towards switching. But I think I'm going to hold the switch for my next pick. And uh, for next week, believe it or not, believe it or not, Hold on to your You're walking on we are we are once again <laughs> we are once again returning to France. France. Oh come yeah. on, man. Jesus, what is with you? You really have some look- kind of fucking like issue with the French, dude. What is it? I'll tell you what is their baguettes. We are we you are like that, in a way you like that smelly stinky. You don't like the baguettes. You like the pizza. The hairy on Am I going to get to Please. announce my pick here or not? I don't know. No, I want to know. First, first and foremost, <laughs> we want to know why you have a fascination with the French. 
It, it actually, actually, I didn't even realize that this was a French film at first. I didn't know. Uh, so it's, I swear that this is just a coincidence. I'm not kidding. This is 100% a coincidence. I heard like a blurb about this film, and I, and I, and I looked it up, and it's on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I saw that it was from France, and I was like, oh, shit, man. I'm going to fucking get on the show, and I'm going to say this film is from France, and everybody's going to say these things that you're saying right now, but this literally, yep. I swear, this is a coincidence. <laughs> this is not, not by, by design. This was 100% a coincidence, and in a way, possibly, uh, this, in some fashion, might be the first sports movie, but next week, from France, and you can find this again on Netflix, we will be watching Girls with Balls. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, what was that, King? Did you sign into my program? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's Olivier Alfonso. It's a volleyball team movie. Oh, I know this movie. Oh, thanks, Steve. This movie gives me a headache. Okay. There's a ball. A volleyball team, and there's a van involved, and they all get stuck in the woods. And they're hunted. So, yeah. Th- thanks, thanks for the spoilers, King. Thanks. You ruined the whole movie, bro. <laughs> You're going to go. We got to watch it for the show. You know what? I mean, damn. You'll get to it. Girls. You will get to it. Girls with balls. Girls. The name of the movie is Girls with Balls. All right. Is there is there an uncut is there an uncut version of Girls with Balls? It's, so you're looking for uncut girls with balls? <laughs> I'm looking for uncut Jewish, uncut Jewish, girls, Jewish girls with balls. balls. So uncircumcised girls with balls. What are you talking about? Jewish people are they have a bris. They're circumcised. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I all right, so circumcised. All right, so that'll be our next week. Yes, we know the dean is circumcised. I am. Yeah, I'm fully circumcised. I don't got no hood. You're not the, the dean. No. I didn't say the king. Listen, I wasn't circumcised. Oh, I, I was like eight. Yeah, I, I, I don't even remember, remember what I was. Well, most no, people are lucky. Their parents do it when they're babies. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. It goes with all 2018. Uh, Olivia Alfonso. It's on Netflix. We'll we'll get to it next week for the Dean's pick. Don't worry, because I'll get them back with my pick the following week on Valentine's Day. I got you, baby. Oh. All right. So thank okay. you for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I'll get them back. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> so thank you very yeah, much for your pick, Dean, and we'll talk to you next week. My pick. I, I'm I presenting my pick with you. no with no purpose. There's no purpose. I'm not uh, trying to get anyone. No I'm just trying to pick entertainment, um, entertaining selections from all across the spectrum of the genre. Calm down, Monsieur. Okay, Monsieur. Give him a next week. Uh, thank you, Dean. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thank you, Dean, right. for your pick for next week. <laughs> Okay. All right, go ahead and sign yourself out, Monkey. All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Care. I'm your Mad Monkey saying thanks for listening and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Well, as per always, there's a holiday coming of some sort or another. You can't make Valentine's Day at this point, but you can hit something. So why don't you go to Etsy? 
Bonfire Beat Designs, all one word in the search engine, and buy, you know, some kind of gemstone jewelry there. There's, you know, there's pendants, bracelets, you know, necklaces, all kinds of stuff. They're not pearl. They're not pearl necklaces. You got to earn that. Really, you do have to earn that. If you want a pearl necklace from the, the ghoul and the ghoul girl, you know, you have to actually come here in person and be willing to take it the right way. But otherwise, <laughs> go to Etsy, like I said, all one word, Bonfire Bead Designs, and go buy something. It'll make her happy, which will make me happy. And I know everybody out there just wants to make me happy because, you know, Hell like, yeah, like my ex said. Like my ex said, man, I have like a God complex and all that shit. So the entire world revolves around me all the time. And it's just, just, that's just oh, how it is. And, and I rip people's faces off. So it's just, just how it goes. God just did. God just did. But aside from that, stay scared. And as always, I'm your old pal, King RNDB, <laughs> thanking you for listening to this episode where we discuss Possessor. Next week, we're going to be talking about girls with balls because they've got the biggest balls of them all, as ACDC once told us. So we'll be back here next week talking about that movie. So, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. See you next week.